0: grace to you and peace from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Get to think a little bit about one of those things in the Bible that's a little bit bizarre, right? Jesus takes his closest guys, Peter, James, and John. Uh, Matthew wants to make sure you know exactly who was there and and where they were and what they did. and, And so there's this marvelous specificity to it. And as we heard the Old Testament, you got a picture of Moses and what he did. And then you got Peter, on the other hand, saying, hey, I saw and heard all this stuff. And, and there's just something very cool about it, something supernatural, as opposed to the, the spirituality that says, um, my job is to get you in here now and get you all pumped up for all you have to do uh, this week. There's a little bit of it in, in Matthew's gospel here where th- there's something to be seen that's bigger than just us. There's something grander going on than just what we can sense with our, you know, eyes, ears, nose, mouth, tongue, and all that stuff. There's something bigger that goes on in the universe, and uh, Peter, James, John, they got to see a little, a little bit of it. They got to see Elijah, who was the best prophet in the history of the world, who had a Super Bowl Sunday against the prophets of Baal. If you haven't read that story, read it. It was one on about four hundred prophets, and and. Elijah took him out. He was the Patrick Mahomes of the Old Testament. It was unreal, and uh, and then there was Moses. And I've been listening, as I said, to my Bible every, every day. And uh, Moses and God had this cool relationship where Moses would sit with God, and and they'd talk. and I, And I always wonder how that was. Matter of fact, one when when God drove Moses up to Mount Sinai and he came back down. Uh, Moses' face was glowing because he'd been in the presence of God. I mean, there's something bigger to life than just sometimes what we think. Lives are bigger than our calendars. Our lives are commitment that are, are broader and bigger than the daily commitments we make at work and stuff. There's something infinitely bigger that goes on in and through us than just the moment and and the stuff that's, you know, dragging on our hearts that we got to get after. And so we get a moment to sit in this place and at this time and be removed from that. Um, and, and, And to think higher thoughts and deeper thoughts and richer thoughts than just here and now and today. And I think we have to do that. I think it's important to do that because life gets kind of messy. I don't know about you, but it just seems my life's been really messy. And it's not just been messy for the last... Two weeks, and I come to you and say, "Well, I got to kind of get my life together." It's two weeks. I mean, my life's been messy for probably the last three years. I really struggled when the church was empty, and I'm not sure I've gotten over that yet. I'm so paranoid about: Is it Sunday? What time? Are the people going to be there? What's going to be? How's it gonna go? Are it going to go? We ready to go? Ready to go? Ah. And uh, everything seems to be messy. And there's different pieces of that. There's different parts of that. There's the personal rhythms. I don't know about you, but everybody in our house is having a tough time sleeping and get, getting body and, and, and rhythm of life back into this is when we get up and this is when we go to sleep and this is we sleep this long. And, and, and that's not just in the Klinkenberg house. As you visit and talk to people, our, our personal rhythms are just nutty since COVID and, and, and all of that stuff. I'm not sure that, that we're able to get back to kind of what normal is. Maybe over that two-year block, we kind of forgot what normal, what normal was. And that's just sleep. I'm reminded of a study that came out this week that said uh, middle school girls are struggling so much with self, uh, self-loathing and depression that it, it spiked 35% over the last three years personal rhythms of life. Who am I? What am I all about? Where is God? How does God tie into me? Is there anything bigger than just this? And maybe you look at me and say, oh, pastor, you're crazy. Everything's great. Okay, that's cool. But what about your work rhythms? I talked to a young man at a wedding. I said, what is your job? He said, well, my family runs um, property management for business buildings and high skyscrapers, high-rises in LA County. I said, well, how's that going for you? He goes, it's awful. I said, why is that? He said, we are 60% empty. I said, seriously? He goes, why is that? He goes, everybody who's got a computer is working from home. Huh. Interesting to think about that, right? Those who can work from home choose to work from home. And those who can't kind of struggle and say, man, I remember the time we worked from home and that was really good. And I got into this rhythm and it was kind of nice. And, and then we had to go back and venture back into community and it got really tough and sticky and yucky and people got angry with one another. And now I just kind of want to go on my cube and do my thing or stay at home and do, do my thing. The rhythms of our personal rhythms and our rhythm of work Family rhythms. How's that going for you? Family's been kind of hard. Just not simple and easy. Last Thanksgiving was the first Thanksgiving. We had everybody over at our house, and everyone was able to arrive in three Thanksgivings. And our family's kind of thick. If you would come to our family's thing for Thanksgiving, you would go berserk. You would say, These Klinkenbergs are insane. It's loud and crazy and nuts. That's our rhythm of family, and it was disturbed, and I'm not sure that we've kind of figured out exactly what those footsteps are going to look like or, 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 or what everything's going to look like going forward, but it's kind of like a miner with a hat on his forehead looking around in the dark, and wherever the light lands, there's something to go towards. Other people struggled when the wife was an introvert and the husband was an extrovert, and the husband said, let's get out, let's get after it and it'll be great. And the wife said, you've got to be kidding me. I'm staying home and we're chilling and I've still got some Netflix stuff to get after. You can go do all you want, but I ain't going. And then you throw in a little bit of depression and fear. And all of a sudden, the rhythms of life are off just a little bit with family and how we get along and what it, what it looks like. And then there's those relational rhythms California lost over the last year and a half 700,000 people. Wow. I don't even know what the population of Wyoming is, but I bet it's not 700,000. We've lost friends. Yesterday I did a funeral and the gentleman said to me, "Uh, My mom and dad had four children, four sons, and there's only three here today because one died from COVID. See, we've lost some of that. We lose it a little bit politically. We lose it a little bit economically. We lose it a little bit in job and separation and all of those things. And it's just like the, the, the rhythm's not there. Like that metronome, and am going go tick, tock, tick, tock. Or in music, right, Stefan? One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. And it's just bizarre right now. And we get that rhythm and we think we got it and then we struggle. And we get it and we think we got it and we lose it. And so it's important that at a time like this that we're able to kind of find that rhythm of the glory of God and maybe restore some of the rhythms to life that we're more comfortable with and that are more godly. And so we jump into Matthew 17, seeing the glory of God. This is one of my favorite stories in all of scripture because I love Peter because he's such a moron. Peter's always talking too much. He, he, first he to over speaks or says something good and then he talks too much or he talks too much and then he corrects himself. I wrote a 50 page paper on Peter for my doctoral program. It was just fantastic. And when you take the stories of Peter and you look at the gospel through Peter's eyes, it's always kind of fun. He's like the ADHD kid who just can't sit still. And yet, who was the disciple who Jesus said, upon you, right, upon this I will build my church, Peter the Rock. And so here's this little piece from Matthew 17 where they see the glory of God. But that seeing the glory of God was preparation for what was next. The Lord wanted to kick Peter, James and John, his leader guys, into the into the rhythm of the cross. Because Jesus in Luke chapter 9 verse 51 says, as this time approached to him to be taken up into heaven, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. He was on his way to the cross. And the rhythm that he had of life and death, of miracles and teaching of all of those things were going to that, that pace uh, w- w- was going to go faster and faster until on Good Friday it stopped in his death. And the one who would be the better prophet than Moses, Jesus Christ, he's the one who would die for the sins of his people. The bigger and better Elijah, the one who didn't just proclaim the word, but the one who brought the gospel of life to his people, he would die for his people. And in that, he would bring God close to, bring God close to the world, to, to people, to you and me. Jesus covering our sin, Jesus taking away our guilt, Jesus covering our shame. That's the rhythm of our faith, of our identity, of the meaning of our lives. And with that, this, it's kind of that metronome that's tick-tock, tick-tock, tick-tock in the background of our lives. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. The grace and the love, the ebbs and the flows of life are met with the tidal wave of Jesus' love for you. I love this picture. You can't see it so well. Maybe you can find it later this week. This was the artist Raphael's last uh, painting he did it's a painting of the transfiguration. The picture of the blue in the sky is phenomenal. And the blue in the robes of the people below. Surreal. So getting back into the godly rhythms of life. Peter wants to stay on the mountaintop. Again, I love that. Peter says, this is great. This is so cool and Jesus says no 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 no, we're not building the clubhouse we're not building the condo thing we're not building the old folks home we're just chilling we, we got work to do we got to go we got to go and you can almost see Peter James and John go oh man we got to go back to those other nine yahoos and we're going back to Galilee and we're going back to Jerusalem this ain't cool but the glory and the all the fun and the father on the lights and all this is great I would have asked, what in the world were you and Moses and Elijah talking about? Because I'd like to be a fly on the wall and listen to those talk. Jesus says, you can't stay on the mountain until the end. Jesus turned his nose to Jerusalem. He set his face to the cross, and he never deviated from that. He had every opportunity to say, forget it, this is dumb, I'm out of here. But he didn't. Jesus said, let's go. And he said, let's go all the way to Good Friday, to the point where i hanging on that cross say to you and to all humanity it is finished it's complete your salvation your your relationship with god is set inspired by the glory of god they went down and took care of the dirty business of redemption of suffering and death of sacrifice and blood of God in Christ pouring himself out completely, not in the glory of the Mount of Transfiguration, but in the humility of a little hill called Golgotha. And so those godly rhythms, what are those godly rhythms that, that, that you need to get back to? Perhaps in our own personal time and space, it's, it's, it's that of sin and grace. Of doing what we did this morning and saying, Lord, I need you. And the only thing that, 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 that is the antidote to put my life back into a, 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 a godly rhythm is, is you. And God comes to do that. Anchoring your life on a Sunday and finding the Sabbath rest is probably the best way. It is not pro- It is the best way to get into the personal rhythm that God has called you to and created you for. And so you being here this morning is probably the best decision you could make this early in the week. Because we again, like I said earlier, we get to leave the stuff out there, out there, let it be washed away in the blood of Jesus, and then come into community with people who hold eternity in common. And of those work rhythms... People of Israel as they came out of Egypt were slaves, and the Lord said to them, you're not going to be slaves to work ever again. You can work and have a good work ethic and all that stuff, but you are not slaves to work. You are not slaves to your job. You're not slaves to anyone. The rhythm of work is the rhythm of meaning and the rhythm of vocation That God would say that if you're going to make shoes, make them in the name of Jesus. If you're going to make tables, do it in the name of Jesus. If you're going to pour concrete, pour concrete in the name of Jesus. If you're going to teach kids in school, teach them in the name of Jesus. And find meaning in your work and your vocation rather than being a slave to it. That's the rhythm that God has created you for. And the family rhythms as well. Sometimes that's really tough because it's hard to share with those we love the most and know the most, right? Perhaps what your family needs is the rhythm of encouragement, maybe the rhythm of forgiveness, maybe the rhythm of latitude and margin, where instead of getting hot and mad and angry, you step back in family and figure out where the other person is and offer them margin and grace rather than anger and judgment. And the rhythm and the ebb and the flow of that grace makes your house, your home, your family, something warm and beautiful, something where not only you want to be, but others want to be because it's so filled with peace instead of the chaos of the world. And godly rhythms for our friendships and our relational stuff as well. I don't know about you, but maybe I've got a little bit of chaos in my life, but it seems to be moving towards order a little bit more and a little bit more. And I like that. I found out that I don't need to be the first person to talk in every conversation. And like the Bible says, be quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to become angry. Sometimes I've had to do that with someone screaming at me, put your mask on, don't you love Jesus? I said, well, I love Jesus and for you, okay. I'll put my mask on in the car when we're all vaccinated, and it'll all be fine, right? But creating margin, creating margin in those relationships so that we, being in the godly rhythm, can provide and be the metronome, the rhythm maker for somebody else. 40 days to Easter, how about that? We're on our way to Lent. This, good f- this Wednesday is Ash Wednesday and that's kind of fun. Uh, My friend Mark Zimplem and I are making, uh, I've got six roasts. He's got four making 10 roasts times about seven pounds each of pulled pork. If you can come for lunch or dinner, we would love to feed you. Bring your own napkin because you're going to need it. We are going to have barbecue until you just can't handle it anymore. It's just fantastic. But Ash Wednesday, right, kicks us off into Lent. It helps us think a little bit about of our own frailty, that I'm not so tough and I'm not so strong and I need the Lord Jesus in my life. And our services are going to take on a little different tone and Stefan's going to choose songs and, and choruses and hymns that are going to lead you to the rhythm of God's love for you and Jesus Christ. Forty days is going to go really fast and Easter is April 9th, I believe, so it's coming very, very quickly. And so is there something you would pick up in Easter? Is there something that you would say, you know what, I'm going to challenge myself in the rhythm of my life to add this piece. Devotion and piety are words rooted in ancient Christianity and ancient practice. The uh, devotion is, is, is following of devoting yourself to God. And maybe there's something that, that, that you want to pick up, daily reading of Scripture, daily prayer for your spouse, something. That would allow you to be reminded that there's a greater rhythm to life than just where you're at. Or maybe there's something you want to take away. You look at your life and you say, you know what, I'm just going to let this go. For me, I'm going to let go some of my habits that are leading me to gain a little weight. It's time to be a little more disciplined and a little more put together and put the rhythms, put the rhythms back into the right place. Is there something you'd like to add to your life? Is there something you'd like to sacrifice in your life that would help you maintain the rhythm of the glory of God and life in the real world? This morning's gonna be the starting place for that. We're gonna start right here at the altar. We're rooted in something so big and so grand We're rooted to Moses and Elijah by faith. Can you imagine that? That at some point, when you and me are in heaven, I don't know if you take a number or how it works, but I'm going to be just dying to ask Moses, how in the world, when the people build the golden calf, did you just not let God destroy every last one of them? And you could build a condo down there and have your whole golf course and all that stuff on Mount Sinai. I wonder can sit and visit with Elijah and say, after you won the spiritual Super Bowl against Jezebel and Ahab, why were you so depressed? Why were you struggling? See, there's going to be that day where we're with these guys face to face like Peter, James, and John were, and we're going to be with the Lord Jesus face to face. And until then, God speaks to us in his word, and he comes to us in the sacrament of the altar, and he says, as long as you do this, Remember me. Remember my covenant. I will be your God and you will be my people. Keep the rhythm of life. Keep the rhythm that I delivered to you.